What's up, everybody, and welcome to the discussion where we get into the real of it all. And we are here with the wonderful Taryn Armstrong. Taryn, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Very excited for, for this discussion. Yes, sir. I'm happy to have you guys. Guys, if you watch my old, old, old videos before Lee was here, before we even really started getting into it, I would talk about RHAP and Taryn all the time. These guys were a part of the reason I started even podcasting in the first place. So great shout out to Taryn. I'm so happy he's here. Let's get into it. If you guys see the title today, we're going to be getting into some strategy. Like over here, we talk about strategy here and there, but I've never really had a video like this where we're going to really just dig into it, I feel. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, So the idea is to talk about the structures of alliances. So in Big Brother, we've noticed that there have been two very powerful alliance structures that have come to be, one being kind of this onion alliance structure that Derek kind of perfected. And then we have the cookout slash parachute alliance structure, (laughs) period, um, that the cookout and the brigade did. And I feel like it'll be an interesting conversation to have today to kind of discuss the differences of the two and really just kind of dig deep into each of them. Um, but first, I did want to ask Taryn some questions. Um, so Taryn, I wanted to ask you, and the reason I want to ask you this is because I noticed there's a lot of people who watch Big Brother who do listen to you, you speak about it a lot, you know? And I was wondering if you could tell us, how did you get into Big Brother to begin with? Uh I was a little kid. I was a little little baby boy uh, <laughs> back in the the year of 2000, which was you know 23 years ago at this point. Uh, and uh, at first, I watched Survivor Borneo, and and um, basically, I watched it because my mom you know watched it. She had it on the TV, and mm-hmm. so uh, I watched it, and I uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was weird. There was this uh, you know dude walking around naked on an island <laughs> and some other dude running around talking about counting chickens before they hatched. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, uh, big brother would occasionally air after an episode of survivor Borneo, mm-hmm. uh, big brother one. Um, and you know, uh, being a little kid, I always wanted to continue to watch TV for as long as possible. Unfortunately for me, uh, Big Brother One was, um, you know, Big Brother One, and it put me to sleep <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> um, however, when Big Brother Two came around, mm-hmm. uh, I was hooked. Uh, I was super into it. Um, really, I loved, I loved watching uh, Doctor Will. Um, he uh, he was so funny to me as a kid. Uh, he like. Um, I, I remember specifically that like I had I always had like kind of poofy curly hair um, and so did Dr. Will. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I got you. Um, and so uh, I, I just it was it was really interesting. There's something different about uh, Big Brother uh, than Survivor. And in, in that like Dr. Will navigates season two basically as a loner after Chilltown is is, you know, decimated. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's different than Survivor. Survivor and Survivor, everyone's in a team, yeah. you know, to get to the end. I felt like a loner as a kid, so I related a lot more to Big Brother. 
Uh, and, um, you know, from then it just, it never stopped. Okay. That's interesting. The reason I was like, really is because how old, I want to know how old were you when you were watching that? Because for you to be in I was nine, nine, yeah. that is something like, I remember getting into big brother around 11. I was like 11, but, um, those younger ages, it's such a difference year to year. So nine is still young. It seems for you to like be intrigued by that. So that's very fascinating. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got into Big Brother, and ever since then you started, you just continued to watch it since Big Brother 2 on. You've been watching since the beginning. Yeah, there were a couple of times uh, that I thought maybe this is the end, you know? Okay. Like, um, what, like what season? So uh, after, basically, the the, the one-two punch of season eight into season nine mm. really, really, like, I don't know if I want this anymore. I I enjoyed season eight, but the end result of it and just the way the entire season played out just felt really wrong to me. Mm-hmm. And then season nine was such a disaster <laughs> that I was like, I don't know if this show is really for me anymore. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to watch season 10. And then, you know, season 10 happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that brought me back. And then you and then you watch season 10 and you were- um and then uh season 12 and 13 uh, again and this is a time where I'm like you know I'm like in high school into college kind of uh stuff and you know my life is changing I'm busy doing other things so mm-hmm. that contributes as well but um you know I 13 really bugged me 12 was pretty boring at the time Really? Uh, to watch uh, it like as it went on, it was boring. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a foregone conclusion that Hayden was going to win the thing from like you know the second he took out Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then fourteen again kind of drew me back in. Uh, when when I heard Dan was coming back, I was like, oh, okay, obviously I'm watching this. Um, and then again, like uh, at, right after that, fifteen hits, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh god, yeah. So it's been a, it's been an up and down. It's been an up and down. But- a bit, yeah. Um, you know, but but once sixteen came, uh, that's when I really got into the podcasts. Okay. Um, and it's also like around the same time I was in college by then, and I was meeting people that watched the shows, um, and 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 getting friends who watched, and that's when I was really like, okay. I've been watching this thing for a long time. This is now, I didn't realize it, but it's become a huge part of my identity. Uh, And it was a huge part of my summer every summer. I'd be diving into the live feeds and watching the show. Uh, So for as much as I was like, ah, maybe I won't watch it anymore. Mm -hmm. I always came back, so. Okay, that's fair enough. That's that's good. That's really interesting. So when you started, you started podcasting, you said around Big Brother 16? Uh, I got into the podcast as in like I was listening to them uh, a oh, lot during okay. 16. Uh, it wasn't until 17 that I was podcasting for Rob as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first season I podcast uh, uh, for was actually Big Brother Canada 3. Um, and then uh, and then that, you know, went into Big Brother 17. Okay, that's really good. That's awesome. That's been a while. That's been yeah. some, some years, huh? Closing <laughs> in that, like, 10, 10 years, years at this point. Yeah, that's pretty you've been doing this for 10 years do you feel like when you see first of all do you feel like you notice any because you you a lot of people watch your podcast a lot of people know who you are in the big brother community 
And what I feel like I noticed is that sometimes you have um, influence on my perception of the game in a way. Do you feel like you've ever noticed that from the fandom for, or at least from people who listen to your podcast? Um, I, I So in a way, yes. Uh, I remember when I first started podcasting or not many, very first started, but like over time I started um, seeing discussion about the show because I was always uh, like a lurker. I never participated in discussions, but I'd always read discussions. Um, and I remember early on the first few times that I would see discussion where people would refer to me and what I said. And yeah. they'd be like, well, uh, you know, well, Taryn said uh, this or he thinks this. Uh, and I was like, well, that's weird. Uh, or they would just like, you know, whether it was a direct reference to me or not, be referring to to points that I was making. And and um, before I started podcasting, I always felt like I never really saw people talking about the show the way I wanted people to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was part of my audition video for the podcast was that like, um, you know, I, I, I felt like, and, and it sounds especially weird now, but I felt like the very strategic uh perspective was not really represented online yeah (laughs) because the online discussion was a lot of like Mm -hmm. we're making mean nicknames for this person and it kind of still is in a way very true very true um and so uh it was definitely weird uh and and certainly i would not claim to to have brought that discussion to the online discourse i think that what i discovered uh when i started podcasting is that it had always been there, um, and uh, and I just got lucky enough to be, you know, on an early podcast that uh, that allowed me to to sort of talk about it, and and an audience showed up for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but in terms of like you know influencing opinion. Uh, that that that's like uh that that gets a little more complicated. I think that certainly there are people that um that probably agree with with opinions that I have uh and uh, or are inclined to agree with opinions that I have and and maybe um those people would be maybe if they were like leaning in one direction I'd be able to if they heard me explain a point they might lean slightly back into this other direction mm-hmm. um, but I think for the most part like uh, you know you, you kind of come to your own conclusions a lot of the time um, and the people that uh, are going to disagree with me are often they're going to disagree with me <laughs> regardless yeah. uh, you know most of the time people disagree with me uh, civilly uh, they will say you know, I usually agree with Taryn, but he's way off on this point. Idiot. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It's 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 definitely strange, but um, but I, I I've certainly uh, been. Uh, I think in particular, I did an off season podcast uh, years ago now uh, about the evolution of alliance structure um yeah. and uh it's very relevant for our current discussion but um that was i think one of the more impactful podcasts that i did 
Um, because I, for that one, I know that there are players that listened to it. Uh, and, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, like understanding strategy at a, a, a slightly deeper level, you know, could, could have an impact on, on the, uh, the actual game. So, um, yeah, it's, it's weird. I certainly don't think of myself as somebody that has, uh, a meaningful amount of influence over the uh, the yeah. fan base, but I do try to take uh, responsibility for the position in the platform that I have and try to, um, you know, teach as much as I can about okay. uh, about issues and um, you know speak out on things that uh, that are happening. I've certainly learned a lot over, you know, the last 10 years that I've been podcasting. And mm-hmm. um, I think that it's it's very important that, you know, this is a, a silly show. It's a dumb show, but there's so much that it can teach you uh, yeah. about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's super important to try to to learn from it uh, as much as possible. Exactly. I like that. And I do appreciate like a lot of people I feel like either disregard or don't know uh, about the times that you do go out of your way to speak out about a lot of a lot of things when it comes to the show. And I do appreciate that. I I remember listening to you speak about things throughout, especially like these last two couple of seasons, 24 and 23, that became discourse in the community. and, And you always actively speak towards it. And I really love that. I do. Um, so yeah, we can, we can leave it there. I won't bombard you with any more questions, even though there's, a, there's more that I would like. So sorry for giving such long winded answers. No, that's fine. It's cool. No worries. We can get into, we can get into the tea. Let's get into it because, right. um, firstly, I feel like I would like for us to discuss how these two main strategies that we're going to talk about today came to be um or how they became so prevalent i feel like we can start with the the onion strategy um which is how would you define how do you think you would define to someone the onion strategy yeah i mean so i i sort of like uh think of this as as coined by um uh, I actually don't remember the name of the player on Survivor, but in, in Survivor Gabon, uh, they reference the onion strategy. And the, uh, the the basic premise is that obviously on a show like this, you create an alliance. Uh, and ideally, your alliance has more people in it than the opposing alliance or the rest of the players or whatever the case may be. Um, but uh, But if that's the end of it, if it's just, okay, I have eight people in my alliance and there are six people outside of the alliance, congrats. Like, you've won the game against those six people. But what happens when it comes down to eight people? Uh, who, which, you know, you no longer have an alliance to win out the day. What's going to happen? So the idea is, okay, I'm going to structure it, my alliance, with layers. The first layer of the onion is the eight-person alliance, which beats out the six-person alliance on the other side. Uh, Within the eight-person alliance, I have another majority alliance within that. 
which is maybe a five-person alliance. Uh, and so once you get down to eight, you now have a five-person alliance to beat out the rest of the other three. Uh, and then within that five-person alliance, you have a secret three-person trio. Uh, and so once you get to five, you you vote out the other two. And then once you know, you're know you at the three, you actually have a secret uh, final two alliance that is going to eliminate the third person. And uh, that is the layers of the onion and the onion uh, strategy. Yes, sir. So do you feel like um, when it comes to, I guess, the onion strategy, how do you define the origin? Do you feel like this is something that only came to be from 16? Or do you feel like there were remnants of the idea before Big Brother 16? Or, or do you feel like it's something that grew? How do you feel about, I guess, how it came to be, how that happened? In yeah, Brother? I mean... I, so there are definitely there's definitely like a path uh, that that got there um, and it's not super clean. Um, you know, there are and, and it's not even super like distinctive necessarily at, at all times from uh, the other version of this we'll talk about, which is like the parachute uh, version of it. Um, I would definitely uh, if, if you're interested in this, like in more detail, uh, check out that that evolution of alliance structure podcast that i did but uh the basics of it are um that like i would say you know there's a natural inclination toward the onion strategy yeah. most people that have an alliance if they're not intentionally doing it and thinking in their heads i'm doing the onion strategy mm -hmm. uh, they are at least instinctually going okay i have this alliance but within this alliance i have this person that i'm closest to yeah. um and so uh, it's definitely something that happened. I would say that the, the, the best and cleanest origin for it probably comes from, <clears throat> from Big Brother 6, um, where uh, Maggie is okay. one of the first winners to really um, capitalize on this kind of strategy, uh, whether she meant to or not, right? Uh, she had the Friendship Alliance, that, uh, you know, beat out the Sovereign Six, uh, mostly via competitions. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they beat them out. Um, and Maggie was just the most well-positioned player within her own alliance. She had yeah. burrowed down and had the best relationships uh, and was able to control the shots as the numbers dwindled. And, uh, and she won for it. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the first seed of, of this kind of thing. Uh, there are other versions of it. I think that uh, um, in season seven, uh, you had um, the, 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 Doom, the Doom Squad. Oh, no, Something like that. Like Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. That was it. <laughs> uh, with with uh, Will and Boogie and, and Danielle and, and James. Um, you know, they had a version of this that yeah. had a lot of parachute elements as well. Um, you had uh, Dan in season 10 when mm -hmm. he created his, uh, you know, bigger alliance with Memphis and Keisha. Uh, and then th that was also structured in this way. Dan, probably the next big step in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and eventually you, you, of course, get to to De Derek in, in season yeah. 16, which is uh, the the best example of uh, the onion 
strategy. Yeah, we're on the same page with that. I, I, I felt pretty much exactly the same with, with those specific seasons mentioned. I feel like, especially with like Maggie's example, I can really see like, of course, with the onion strategy, you're trying to make sure that you're insulated in the terms of you have the alliance within the alliance within the alliance. But I think also what it is, is like um, those layers in front of you are also targets in front of you. Like I feel like, especially with Derek, you saw there's an intention to ensure that the people who aren't in your center, central layer are targeted. And I feel like a part, like that's a big part of the onion structure um, when it comes to the strategy of it all is to make sure that the people on the outside of the onion are kind of just targets, like on purpose, you know? And I feel like that's the aspect that I notice. Um, for example, like Jackson Mickey in that season, he was such a one of the bigger targets, but he was also trying to implement the strategy. I felt because after 16, it seems like every season after that, people continuously tried again. And it kept being that the person wasn't good at making their threat level lower. And I feel like that's just so important, especially for the onion strategy, because it, it if if it well, Jackson won. But still, there's people where, where it happens. And I don't even know how he won now I'm thinking about it. But it's it's like when it happens, it, it makes it way harder for you. Jackson's path was way more hard. And also, he, he had to win a, a lot yeah, of competitions. The, the winning comps, I was gonna say, like with the onion strategy, I notice a lot of the time they're just winning the the comp. It's more so we ha- are in this big alliance and we're winning the comps. And I feel like, do you think that it's able to be to be implemented without all the comp be, being in it? Because we saw with the committee, with um, BB sixteen that, and with Mickey, like they had to kind of win those comps. But it's like, can you do it without it, or or, or is is it better for I guess the parachute alliance, which we're not there yet, for them to like do that? Yeah, I think that it's a, it's a very astute point, which is that the biggest weakness of the onion strategy is that uh, you are insulated and you have no way of, of branching out, um, which means that unlike Survivor, where, you know, this terminology originated uh, in Survivor, if you have eight people versus six people, there's almost nothing the six people can do to stop you from just voting them out one by one. In Big Brother, it's different. In Big yeah. Brother, the competitions matter a lot. Uh, and if your eight-person alliance versus the other six people can't win a competition to save their lives, mm-hmm. then those six people will keep winning competitions and vote out your nicely structured onion uh, yeah. one by one until there's nothing left. Uh, so it's definitely the biggest weakness of, of this, uh, variation, uh, of strategy because you do have to win the competitions and Mm -hmm. it's important for your alliance and your structure. And this is something that Derek understood and certainly something that Cody understood in 22. Mm -hmm. You have to have the people that are winning the comps. Uh, and that makes it a little dangerous, of course, because where do you start to cut those people off? If you have. A bunch of if you have all the best competitors on your team, once you get down to eight, uh, where are they in the onion? Mm-hmm. Are they in the five or in the three? Because if they're in the three, you run into the same problem again. If they <laughs> keep winning, they're going to cut out your five. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, that's 
that's where you have you you have to start incorporating some other tactics. And certainly, when we look at somebody like Derek in sixteen, uh, it wasn't only the onion strategy. He definitely yeah. employed other things, um, but uh, the onion strategy was like a big you know focus of uh, of what he did. Obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the competition is definitely the biggest weakness of this uh, strategy. That's true. And we can get into that a little bit more later, too. But um, let's talk about like the start of the um, parachute strategy. Firstly, if you don't mind, could you define in your terms how you feel about the parachute strategy? Uh, so, so the parachute strategy, um, I think I think I, I talked I, I referred to it kind of like as like a divide and conquer kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, when I, when I talked about it a few years ago, um, because that's, ki- that's kind of how it works, right? The parachute mm-hmm. strategy is uh, taking, and, and I think the best way to describe it is by talking about the brigade or uh, the cookout where um, in the brigade, you had four people and each one of them was essentially assigned uh, mm-hmm. a person. You go and and you know hang out with this person, uh, and obviously the cookout did something uh, very similar, um, where you you have Tiffany grabbing Claire, you had Xavier grabbing Alyssa, uh, Kyland with Sarah Beth, uh, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the purpose of that is that that person is their parachute. Uh, and I believe that terminology was coined by the brigade uh, <laughs> because, yeah. uh, the idea is that like, uh, they're just, they're backup. They're, they're like a way for you, uh, to, uh, maintain influence over the rest of the house, uh, without having to actually, you know, win something yourself or, mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. And if you need to pull your parachute at any point, they can go because they're not mm-hmm. part of the actual alliance. Um, and, uh, so like the, the benefit of this is that you can, uh, artificially inflate your numbers. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, um, a a pseudo onion in the sense that like, instead of having an eight person official alliance, you can have a four person alliance with four parachutes Mm -hmm. and you don't actually need a majority if none of the other people know that they're supposed to be in the alliance. Uh, because you can just start picking them off one by one using the other three to pick off the, you know, the one because they don't realize that they were actually working with them this whole time. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I like that definition. I agree. And I feel like when it comes to like where it all started, at least for me, I actually like to, I just can't help but think of the parachute Alliance in needing the sense of discretion. Like it needs to be discreet. It has to be secret. So it always makes me think of Danielle and Jason, even though like it's just two of them. That was the idea. Like, you know, when you go back to big brother two, big brother three, when Danielle and Jason were playing, they were intentionally um, pretending to not be as close as they were. They were, they were a secret Alliance in order for them to divide and conquer, like you said earlier. And that's just the same strategy except more people <laughs> and i feel like when i when i want to look at the origin of it like it really goes all the way back there um with the fact of it being secret because with the onion strategy it doesn't have to be secret like it, it's better if it is but it it can work even if it's not because it's so powerful in the sense that everyone thinks they're 
in it. Um, kinda. But um, with with the parachute strategy, I feel like being secretive and it not being known is at the core of the the strategy working. You know. So I, I don't know. I always I always thought of Danielle and Jason. What do you what do you think of that? Yeah, absolutely. That they are they are definitely the the first example of this kind of strategy. Uh, obviously, a very early version of it. Um, and I think that if you were to get like really technical about like parachute, you know, the idea of a parachute is usually one person per you know member. Yeah. Uh, theirs was a, a little different in the sense that they were one person each, and yeah. they attached themselves to slightly larger groups. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, like Danielle would go over here, Jason would go over here and bond with these people. Uh, and, you know, that way they were able to have some amount of influence over the direction of the game. Um, but not as much as you would if you had four or six people yeah. uh, who had like one person each, because then you have a lot more fine control. Um, but it was definitely that early um sort of version of this and uh secrecy is of the utmost for yeah. this kind of strategy secrecy also very important for the onion strategy of course um uh, in that you can't have the three people uh figure out that they're the three people yeah. uh you know you have to keep it secret that there's a secret five and then a secret three and a secret two otherwise the whole thing crumbles um but you can have uh you know it's it's layers of secrets as as the onion would, yeah. would uh, indicate where it's like the eight people can know uh, the six people can know about the eight people the eight people uh, the five people can know about the eight people yeah it's like there's there's a lot of different like layers of who can know what whereas uh the the parachute strategy is very much like there's a core yeah. group that we share everything and uh and then we have to keep this a secret otherwise uh nothing works um mm -hmm. because if if the parachutes realize that they're parachutes then uh everything crumbles exactly so you talked about like the onion strategy being eight and then the five and then the three you know starting off at eight is probably a good number for the onion strategy you you would think probably yeah and and, and they're just they're just example numbers it could it could be anything really See, and, and that's it doesn't have to be clean either. It could be like yeah. there could be a six person alliance and there's five people within the six and you yeah. know, then there's you know, whatever. So what do you think is like the best for for each strategy, what do you think is the best number of people or a range? Because especially with the parachute alliance, like six was a well, six was a lot, it felt to to actually accomplish what they accomplished. So it was like surprising and that's why it was so amazing. With four, it was a little bit more easy to trust them because with that line you have to be trusting of each other yes yeah, six six is a huge number especially because there wasn't any real parachute or a, a real onion structure within it yeah. um it's a lot easier to maintain a larger number if you have uh little mini versions of onions or parachutes within the alliance to keep it to keep everyone feeling like they're at the top of it yeah. um but uh, of course, like the cookout, uh, I think was able to accomplish something that that nobody had been able to before, and, and likely ever will again. Um, so uh, you know, I would say that if if you're like going on to Big Brother, uh, trying to get a six person parachute alliance going, 
maybe a little ambitious. Uh, <laughs> might not want to go for that number. What do you think will work? Do you think another parachute alliance can be successful um, with five, four? Or do you think they just don't? You think five I, and four is just a little bit more easy? I, I think so. I, I, at the end of the day, uh, I think that the most important thing is find the right number that works for you. Um, you know, whatever that might be. Maybe there are six people that can get together that all have a common cause or yeah. you just all really vibe really well yeah. and it just works um, and you just want to go for six for that reason. The, the problem again, is that like, even with that, you still want to be careful because mm -hmm. when secrecy is so important and with the parachute alliance, it's so important. Um, you, every single uh, additional person you add on is another massive liability. Yeah. Um, especially because with the parachute alliance, there's so much trust that has to be placed in each member um, because each member has a lot more power uh, than in the onion alliance. Um, every single person has their own person, their own parachute that they could, they could jump ship with their parachute, uh, and say, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going over here. They all have their own corners of the, of the house that they could run to, yeah. um, and rat you out and flip the entire thing. Uh, so every, you know, again, every additional person you add on is another, uh, risk to, to the entire structure. Exactly. Okay. Um, Let's get into let's get into more of the let's get into the pros, kind of the 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 most positive aspects I feel of the two alliances, and specifically with the onion, I want to ask like why do you think it is? Because what we saw Cody do in Big Brother Twenty Two was against some of the more capable players, and they've played multiple multiple times. They are all actually good players, and that's the thing people people kind of try to say that in Big Brother 22, the players were not playing well. And I don't agree fully. I feel like a lot of them were playing really, really well, but they still fell victim to the onion strategy. And that's what kind of amazes me is like, why do you think that is? I don't think Danny's stupid or, or, or Nicole isn't that smart. Like, I think they're super intelligent, super great players. So why do you think it is they still fell to the structure of the onion, you know? It's funny to say it like that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think that like, I think that Cody was, was very smart uh, with how he approached this season. Uh, I think that um, he kept it very simple, uh, which you have, you had to for this kind of season, a, a parachute alliance or strategy, I don't think could have worked mm -hmm. uh, on an all-star season like this. Uh, it relies too much on like high level deception um, and obfuscation because with the parachute structure, again, one of the, one of the disadvantages of that is that um, it's, it's harder to come up with the, the, the facade. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, again, like with the, with the, with the onion, you can have an eight person thing and then there's a five person thing, but you can be like, yeah, but I, we're actually the five over here, yeah. or this is actually the five over here. And, uh, or you don't even have to say that at all. Sometimes, sometimes you just be like, oh, we'll just battle it out once we get to eight. And, uh, and people will just buy that a lot of the time. Uh, 
uh, with parachute structure, it's like, well, there's a duo here, a duo here, a duo here, a duo here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what, what are we doing? We're just two people. We need to figure something out. Yeah. Uh, where's the structure of the house? Uh, and you can't be like, uh, I don't know. I, I, we're just chilling. Uh, or it's harder to, at least. Uh, you know, the brigade did it um, and, uh, and, and the cookout did it. But um, it's harder, especially if you have experienced players who are not going to buy that, like, we're all just at summer camp and nobody's yeah. got a big alliance. Um, so Cody kept it simple. He, uh, he created, a, a couple of like overlapping, uh, yeah. onion structured alliances, uh, and, um, then tried to just grab as many of the comp winners as he could took out as many of the outside comp winners as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just rode the comps down to the end. Right. Yeah. Um, now, there was more to it, of course, uh, within the onion structure uh, that he had put together. Um, he had to sort of, you know, finagle his way through. He had to grab Nicole away from Danny. Yeah. Um, he had to win Danny over enough to be able to convince her to do his bidding on her HOH uh, to improve his own, you know, uh, position moving forward. He had to deal with Tyler. Uh, before Tyler self imploded. Um, and so there was a lot of stuff that he had to navigate, but as the person at the center of everything, uh, the person that had really put all of this together, he had the most amount of uh, power and influence to, to make these things happen um, mm-hmm. and was able to just like little by little get these small little uh, wins in uh, mm-hmm. week by week until the small wins turned into bigger wins and it just avalanched from there. Um, And I think that part of the reason why they let him do this is because, um, you know, at first it it seemed small. It seemed like, okay, well, look, Cody has put this thing together um, and it keeps all of us safe for a long time in an Mm -hmm. all-star season. Like, uh, this is simple. It's easy. Let's just ride this for a while. And then, hey, We'll do something later. Plus, I trust Cody. I think he's actually with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, again, as he as that ball started rolling, uh, the momentum started to get too much to, to overturn even once they figured out they were in trouble. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think we can just talk about the cons of it, too, because I feel like th- what you just said is, is the issue because you can think of pros and cons in the terms of the person who's kind of leading it, like the Derek or the Cody, but you, don't, you mm-hmm. can also think of it in the terms of the other people. And like, I feel like a big con for someone who's in a structure like that is like, are you at the center? How you think you are? Cause I feel like Danny's, Danny kind of thought she was. And Nicole kind of thought she was Cody's number, number two. And everyone thought that. And I feel like that's the biggest risk of it is that no matter how many times you played the game or no matter how much um, experience you have with the game is you could still you don't really know how to, how do you, how do you know that you are the one, you know what I'm saying? Or, or how do you know that you're the one who created this? And I think that's the, the biggest con of it all. And, and why I can see how it might be like a little bit more comfortable to be in a parachute structure where you kind of know we all have an equal amount of opportunity to dip, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Cause, cause in the onion, it's like, what if it's not me? And I feel like how, how can someone, how can someone decipher that? How do you feel like someone could overcome that issue? Because Danny Nicole didn't do it. Um, 
know. Yeah, I mean, that that's sort of how I look at it, too. I Like, the onion is structured so that, like, everything falls into place for one person. Yeah, it's that one person. Uh, it's, like, um, it, it's like the opposite of the trickle-down economic theory. It's like everything <laughs> trickles down to one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and everything is designed to help one person win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the parachute strategy is uh, designed for one alliance yeah. to succeed. And people within the alliance have a much more equal chance of uh, of winning so um the problem is that you can't really decide what what alliance you're in unless yeah, you are the creator and if you're the creator you're almost always going to want to do onion if that's possible for you yeah. because that's better for you um so uh if you if you find yourself in an onion layered structured you know alliance yeah. it's it can be really tricky it's like how how far down the you know the mountain are you if, if is yeah. the avalanche already uh, yeah. hitting um you know because you could say oh well you know <clears throat> get some other options explore mm-hmm. the uh, the people outside the alliance try to get something together the problem is that uh if you do that in in, in the middle of an onion structured alliance there's a good chance that the person at the center will have the power to just be like oh you're causing trouble mm-hmm. bye um and there's also a good chance that you don't necessarily know who's at the center or what kind of power and influence that they have and you might step on a landmine um so it gets very tricky um i think that uh you know with with a parachute you know most of the information you know where people's uh allies are you know who they have and uh and and what you know what exists Mm -hmm. um with the onion structure you don't know those things for sure Um, you can think, you know, where things are, but, uh, the most important thing for you to do in an onion structure is gather information, try to determine who is with who, who's Mm -hmm. loyal to who, because here's the thing. There's usually one person at the center of it, and they're usually very good at lying and manipulating, but not everyone is all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, for as for as good as, uh, you know, Derek is at tricking people into thinking that, you know, he's with them or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talked to Beast Mode Cowboy, uh, <laughs> you might be able to get some things out of him yeah. that Derek wouldn't have let slip. And if you get from from Beast Mode Cowboy that he is actually, you know, Derek's a really stand up guy. I really yeah. like Derek a lot. Uh, target Derek? No, definitely. Why would we do that? That's not something that we should ever do. Um, you might be able to pick up that, like, hold on. Beast Mode Cowboy is super loyal to Derek. Then mm-hmm. what does Derek have going on? Um, and gathering that information is super valuable because you know who to approach, who not to approach, um, whether you want to try to, like, uh, go to Derek and be like, hey, look, I'm the guy you want to bring to the end. Uh, or if you want to try to, to take him down by, you know, going to, Hey, maybe in season 16, it would be going to Donnie and being like, I believe you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but it, it, again, it depends on like where you are, because the thing about the onion strategy is that it's very, very dominant. Uh, if once you get to a certain point, it's very difficult to overcome. So do you think, so so do you feel like it's harder to be a member of an onion alliance 
and succeed or overcome than it is with the other the other option, basically. Yes, I think so. I think that um, as an individual who's not at the core, yeah. uh, you would much prefer to be in an onion or sorry, in a in a parachute structured yeah. alliance um, because you have more options, you have more information and more ability to to win and pivot yeah. um, than in an onion structured alliance. Uh, if you are at the core, if you're if you're the person, uh, then you'd rather have <laughs> yeah. uh, because that's much better for you. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. And, and we can talk more about the the parachute because you mentioned a lot of the the pros. You you mentioned a lot of the pros of the parachute, especially in the one that I want to kind of get into is the one that I don't know if it's a pro because they don't have to win the comps. They don't have to rely on competitions. And I put it in the pros category, but, well, I guess it is a pro because you don't have to, but in a way it's like, does that mean they have to rely more on strategy or is it just that they are relying more on strategy? Does that, am I making any sense right now? Yeah, I mean, the the idea is that it, you have a smaller alliance, so you don't have to deal with the onion stuff as much. Um, and you don't have to have your alliance win as much because um, you can have your parachutes win for you. Uh, and even if your parachutes don't win, you can throw your parachutes out in front of you as targets. And usually you have enough influence over the votes to make sure the parachute leaves instead of you. Um, so it, it, it works on a, a bunch of different fronts. Um, and, and obviously anybody that watched big brother 23 knows like exactly how it works. Tiffany, like just laid out all the rules yeah. for it, uh, for everyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you get put up on the block, if Tiffany gets put up on the block next to Claire, Claire leaves because not only does the rest of the cookout vote out Claire, but mm -hmm. they are able to influence their people to vote out Claire as well. That's the idea. Um, and if Claire is to win an HOH, then Tiffany is in Claire's ear to make sure that at the very least she nominates one person outside of the cookout to make sure that they would then be able to influence the votes to make sure that person's the one to go. Um, and it's especially valuable if like Claire is winning a bunch of the HOHs, then it's even easier for the rest of the alliance to influence other people to go after Claire because she's the more threatening person within that pair uh and um and she's also the one making enemies of the rest of the house by nominating people going after people um mm -hmm. and so uh fostering the those like um uh those disagreements and those like uh rivalries between uh your parachutes or the people outside of the the alliance it becomes uh, very simple yeah. um so it's it's kind of it, it relies more on strategy for sure but it's almost like uh, it gives you uh, a tool set to make those strategies a lot easier. Yeah. Um, it's it's like uh, it's like um, a template. Uh, it, it's like if you're it, it, it's like if regular Big Brother is having to color uh, in the lines, you know, like uh, in the coloring book, yeah. then uh, the the um, the parachute strategy is like a you know a, a template you can put over that like you can just color <laughs> all over and it's still you know you take the template yeah, off and it's perfect uh so um that's <laughs> it, it's it's like it's like baby's first big brother strategy like it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot simpler it's a way easier it, but the problem is you got to set it up properly yeah 
Do you feel like the thing I noticed with the parachute, which is also like pro and a con again, is like the lack of a hierarchy, I guess, within the alliance, which we talked about. But it's like when we really get into it, it's like it's positive because in a way, because you can kind of just get to the end together and then you can you can work your way from there. But it's negative because of the same thing. We saw Matt and Tiffany get the creators of, of both of those structures were the first two out, were the first out each time. So it's like, what does that say about, about it? In a way it's like, I guess, what do you do in that situation or, 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 I think what it says is, I, I don't know. uh, should have created an onion instead. You should have, you should have created an onion. <laughs> Yeah, because the creator of the onion is the one that wins. The the creator of the parachute is the one that gets kicked out first. Usually, it's crazy because at least going into this, I always felt like the the parachute was just it just clearly extremely dominant. But it's like dominant in the sense of the alliance as a whole, you know, not as as a the person. And I think that's what needs to be separated is that as a personal player, like to play for yourself. Um, the more dominant strategy is going to be the onion if you can succeed in in it and I guess getting it done, I guess. So um, how do you feel? Do you have any more thoughts on like either of the strategy when it comes to positives, negatives, anything like that? That Um, that jump out at you? (laughs) I think think that uh, another important aspect of the parachute alliance, well, first of all, I would say I think the next step here obviously is, is combining the two in some way or another. Um, But, uh, but if you haven't done that, which, you know, the parachute has very pure examples in, in the brigade and the, the cookout because they really didn't do much uh, onioning there. Uh, The brigade did a little bit. Uh, The, the cookout tried to, but it just all kind of like, it was very messy. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't any clear onion structure. Um, so, uh, then, then you can look at, of course, uh, if we want to dip into Canada a little bit, uh, we also mm-hmm. had the pretty boys, um, yeah. who attempted, uh, to mimic the brigade. Um, and this is again, what I mean, like, uh, they literally just took the template and were like, can we do that? <laughs> um, and the and the the pretty boys, I think, is a is a great example of this. Uh, they had a little bit of onion with with Dane and Anthony, but yeah. um, it's very important for uh, the the parachute structure to have a a bonding agent, something to keep the alliance together. Because again, you have to rely a lot on trust. Yeah. Um, we talk about the the parachute alliances that succeeded, but we don't talk as much about the ones that just completely failed uh for example brian hart in season 10 tried Mm -hmm. to set up a parachute-esque alliance and immediately it failed because they couldn't trust ollie um in season 15 uh the the moving company tried to set something up it immediately failed because um mccray they couldn't trust uh and you know the the list goes on people have attempted this and it doesn't work uh, it only works if you can find the right people that you can trust and if you can keep those people together. For the brigade, it was nobody has ever done this before and we are all loyal to each other. And you had um, you had Enzo, who was really like the bonding agent. He really helped mm-hmm. keep the, the group together, rah, rah, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and it worked. 
uh, for the pretty boys, obviously it was Anthony. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was a master at, uh, at, at keeping people together. Yeah. Um, and then with the cookout, uh, I mean, fascinating example of uh, an alliance. It wasn't really necessarily one person that was mm-hmm. keeping them together. It was uh, the the cause that they the had cause. to get yeah. all six of them to the end. And man, they didn't want to at times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but they put their differences aside in order to accomplish that goal. Um, and so there's always something keeping the people together when it works. Yeah. Um, and so that's very important. Now, what I think uh, is is a good way to keep people together is, again, combining these elements. Yeah. Uh, if you can make a parachute-structured alliance and have an onion structure mm-hmm. within that, uh, like, uh, you know, let's take the cookout if you and because again this is what tiffany tried uh i was just gonna say like why why do you think because tiffany's a clearly capable player why do you think it was so difficult in this in that situation for her to to kind of get that to work it was like she was struggling or it was like really not working i i think for tiffany the the problem was that she because again like in order to make an onion work you have to be, you know, kind of the creator of it to a degree. You have to be able to pick your people. Yeah. Uh, you have to be able to pick your people uh, well because you need the right people to be with you in certain layers and not with you in other layers. Um, and Tiffany, she didn't really have the ability. I mean, she ultimately she picked her people, right? Yeah. She picked her cause. Um, but I think that if she were to have uh, like designed an onion structure uh, for herself, there would have been some substitutions uh, for like her own personal strategic uh, advancement. Um, and it wouldn't and, have been a, it wouldn't have been a parachute anyways. It, it would have just been an onion, most likely. Well, I well I think that like let's say she comes up with the idea to uh, uh, to to make a parachute alliance. Mm-hmm. She she could have just had, um, you know, she, she could have structured it differently, right? Yeah. Like she could have had different people involved and then had them uh, yeah. be parachuting other people uh, and, uh, and, and and it could have worked differently. And also like uh, an important part of the Onion strategy is that it doesn't always fall like uh, perfectly in place, right? It's not always yeah. eight to five to three or whatever. Uh, sometimes you have to take out some people early. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, if Tiffany had been able to, you know, cut out maybe maybe Xavier a little <laughs> a little sooner, uh, maybe even you know like uh, like uh, Derek uh, F um, yeah. in order to you know because he was never gonna be he's never gonna work with her, yeah. uh, so going to six with him is just very dangerous. Uh, like that's where I think um, things in a different circumstance might have played out uh, better for her, given what she attempted. Yeah. Do you feel like it's just too um, complex to even attempt to, to combine both in a way? Because I was like thinking like, if you're a newbie, you're playing the next season, of course you're going to just try to make an onion naturally. And then to, to even go further from there, is it even necessary? It's kind of what I, what I, what I'm thinking or, or feeling. I, I, no, I agree. I think that like, I think that you can, 
hear about these kinds of structures and you will occasionally get somebody that sort of knows about them. They'll go on the show and they'll be like, I want this. Uh, I would like one order of onion and one order of parachute, please. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not really how it works, right? Uh, It has to, you have to work with what you're given and not every season will give you the ingredients necessary to create an onion alliance or a parachute alliance or any combination of the two. Um, And also you might not be the kind of player that can create either of those. Uh, It it takes a certain kind of player with certain kinds of opportunities to, uh, to create these kinds of alliances. Um, And if you aren't that kind of player or you don't have those kind of opportunities, then it's probably not going to work out for you and you have to operate in a different way. You have to maybe hope that you are included in one and mm-hmm. there are different strategies to like optimize your chances of being invited into one of these alliances. Mm-hmm. Um, you can maybe influence how it's created and what the structure is from that point. But uh, you know, that changes what you might want it to be, right? Yeah. Like maybe yeah. you're much more likely to want it to be a parachute alliance, but do you have a parachute ready to go that's not in the alliance? Because if you don't, then that's not super useful to you anymore. Uh, so it's it's so dependent on your circumstances. And that's why uh, when we talk about like best players, best winners or whatever, uh, I tend to value adaptability so highly um, and seeing winners that have have faced all kinds of different situations and scenarios and been able to like maneuver their way through them. Uh, I think is super a super super valuable skill because Big Brother is absolutely not a one fits all uh, one size fits all uh, kind of game. Even yeah. though you do see these kinds of strategies as the most dominant uh, ones, and if you can make them work, they tend to you know feel kind of cookie cutter. Uh, it's that's only for certain people at certain times. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask, like, do you feel like in the future, I guess, or, or even now, are these just going to be the variations of strategy we get and anything else would just be an expansion or even less than? Or do you feel like something totally new can come up? Or, or do you just feel like it's like it's been so many seasons and this is probably everything's probably just going to expand off of these most likely, right? It's a great question. Um, I think that I would love to see a totally new concept be introduced um by some you know innovative visionary uh, <laughs> right. i don't think i'm that person you know <laughs> i think that like for for me these feel like the basic tools that yeah. any game like this whether it's big brother or survivor or whatever uh will always use secrecy um onion structure uh divide and conquer um, those are like the three basic tool sets, I think, that uh, that go into any social strategy game. Um, and finding the right combination of those things for you is going to be uh, what leads the most amount of players to the most amount of success, I think. Perfect. Sounds good. Um, all right. I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about it, though? <laughs> about, about, the, about the topic. 
I just I I I I do find it's it super interesting. I yeah, it, it is a really interesting topic. That's yeah. Um, so so you feel like well to conclude, do you feel like one is clearly clearly just better? You feel like the onion is, is clearly the more effective strategy. Well, again, it, it depends. Like for who or for you? <laughs> right? Well, not you, but like for a because I feel like you're a per, you're a player. You're trying to win on your own. Yes. Um. It's obviously just got to be the onion, but it, but it, but it could be that it could. <laughs> We're about to loop all the way back around. Uh, it's but, again. It depends. It, I think it depends, depends right? Like yeah. it's it's and all, and that's that's why, like, um, you know, when you when you asked me about this topic, uh, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be a good debate, but it might yeah. be a good discussion because yeah. uh, because I I don't think there's a good hard stance on this. Um, yeah, and and that's something that like is part of what makes big brother so interesting is that uh even when you are just trying to look at the strategy you still have to look at the individual people involved uh in the strategy you can say well this strategy is objectively better than this strategy um but that's only true for some people um and you have to account for the fact that not everyone has the same skill set or opportunity or uh, uh, you know, ability to to take part or create these kinds of strategies. Um, so, uh, you know, we could say, like, like I would say for for me, let's say I go on to Big Brother, mm-hmm. um, which you would or you would never do. I I mean, I probably okay. would never do. Okay. Uh, but um, I I would probably. And again, because ultimately, like, I think the trying to go for a pure onion or pure uh, parachute or whatever is is kind of a fool's errand, in my opinion. Yeah. You you should absolutely be trying to combine the two in some way that Derek absolutely combined the two in some way. Cody did as well. Uh, it, you know, even if you look at Xavier's success with the cookout, um, you know, it wasn't like super pre-planned uh, and it kind of came together last minute. But he absolutely uh, won because his onion was uh, more effective than uh, than Tiffany's, yeah. um, and uh, and Hayden uh, had uh, a better. It was a very small onion, but it was a better onion than mm-hmm. Matt or Lane or or Enzo. Um, and and same with Dane. Dane was at the the center of the onion within the Pretty Boys. Uh, yeah. There's always some amount of combination of the two, uh, even if there's like a a sort of like more central structure to the whole thing um i think that uh i think that i like i would function better in uh an onion structure myself Mm -hmm. if i'm looking at like if i'm trying to anticipate what i would do um because uh i'm somebody that i think would like would operate well in a group that has like okay these are the people i'm closest to when i've when i've played like little online versions of these games this is sort of how it's it's worked as well where it's like uh you know it it just it just kind of functions with me i think in that way uh Mm -hmm. that's best but but that's not true i think for everyone necessarily some people are going to function better in an onion uh in a in a parachute uh situation better some people are um, you know, some people are better off as floaters, yeah. uh, which is, you know, uh, another 
obviously another like big strategy that doesn't really involve these things as much uh mm -hmm. if like you know going around being more of an individual player yeah um so it it it's super dependent on who you are and what your strengths are i think um and and what you're trying to do i think if we wanted to try and look at like what method will achieve the most consistent success you still have to look at like for for what for an individual winner uh then i would say that um i would say that i think that uh the the parachute strategy is more likely to produce a winner from the core alliance than mm -hmm. the uh, onion strategy okay. um if that's your objective yeah. um the while the onion strategy is more likely to produce a specific winner mm -hmm. um from the entire group of, of players yeah. um and that's that's kind of the <laughs> distinction there. that's bad on that that's fair that's a good enough i think that's a good enough conclusion i, I think i agree i think uh, if it were me the only worry with the onion would be am i the center of the onion um and of course, you just have to naturally strategize around that, but you just don't have to worry about that with the parachute. So I guess if you're not a, or if you're an anxious person, maybe just do a parachute because then you, at least you know we're all just. Well, to get but to the pro if you're an anxious person, I think with the parachute, you're you going to be constantly, <laughs> constantly anxious about all of the people because you don't get to hang out with your alliance as much, yeah. and you see them hanging out with other people, and they could turn on you at any moment. That's true. I just thought of a player, but no names will be said. But um. <laughs> I did want to ask you because coming, I guess it's kind of related because the cookout was that structure. And then we saw in 24 and Big Brother 24, girl, they were worried. Like they were worried. First of all, I don't think Paloma Spec was trying to recreate it, but they were worried about the creation of another cookout, but mostly mm. because of the race of it all. And then um, we, we see 25 is coming up. Do you feel like it's going to be any more remnants of that worry in 25? Or do you feel like Big Brother 25 is going to be a little bit more of a clean slate? Because even in Canada, same thing kind of happened with um, Big Brother Canada 10. And then in this season, it was like that or Big Brother Canada 10, Kyle was worried about the same thing because the cookout. And then in 11, um, they were able to kind of just play, play freely in a way. Do you feel like in U.S. it's going to be similar or do you feel like it's still going to be some sprinkles of work? I would imagine that Kyle broke that. Right. Right? Like, that's I would what, imagine that anybody that watched 24 uh, now knows, like, don't be Give doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, not okay, not, not good to do, uh, and also not even good strategy. Uh, yeah. not even close. He was doing um, so good. And then was yeah. just weird. Oh, okay. We're not gonna get into it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about getting in your own way. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, I would, I would imagine, I would hope that, that we're past that, that that's over. Um, like in terms of being worried about a potential like parachute structured alliance, um, those are very tricky to catch on to. Like if you don't right. catch it immediately, you're probably not going to catch it. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very tough to, to catch. Um, whereas the, the onion, uh, strategy needs to be constantly maintained. It's easier to, uh, to set up and to like 
uh, create like a, a fake story about it, but um, but harder to to maintain. Um, and so uh, I think it's easier to catch that than, than the parachute alliance. If you're worried about a parachute alliance, uh, then you know, like how how do you catch it? I would say, wh- what is the narrative of the house? If, right. Like, if are you saying like if you wanted to catch a parachute alliance, you're trying to figure out how you could catch one. Yeah, I don't feel like can. That's why. That's how I feel. Or, or I like, think it's hard. I think I think you have to you have to take a look at. I mean, this is and this is true of anything. If you are if you're a couple of weeks in, certainly if you're more than a couple of weeks in and you take a look at the house mm-hmm. and the structure of alliances and where people are, and it just seems like a big mess to you. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of groups. There's people over here. There's duos over here. Yeah. Uh, there's no real structure to this game. Uh, you're wrong. Right. There's always a structure to the game. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see it, that means that you are at the bottom of it. Um, so if you can't find the, the narrative of what the house is doing, where things are, uh, you need to start figuring that out. Not loudly because, uh, (laughs) you know, somebody asking questions often again, gets dealt with very quickly, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you need to be taking a good hard look. And, and most importantly, if you ever win power and you you haven't changed that. If you if you win HOH and by the end of the the week you still don't know what's the the main structure of the house is where the narrative is, you mm-hmm. have done something extremely wrong. Yeah. Uh, if you win power and you know that you don't have a good view of what's happening, uh, that needs to change during that week, or you're done. Yeah. So it's like as a viewer, the the reason I was like it seems impossible because as a viewer, it's like the looking at onion structures it's like that's so easy like why don't they know <laughs> it's kind of how it feels um watching but as the watching the parachute it's like girl i would never know that you know like i would never be able to figure that out so that's why i'm just like ooh, like i, I just don't see how even the most because big brother 23 had the smartest cast in damn near the entire history of the, of the show in my opinion and, and it's like they were not able to well and that's the thing even they were like but they weren't even able to figure that out. And it's like, that's hard. But 23 is very specific. So I don't think it's, that it's tricky. So, and, and you actually, this, this makes me think of a, a good, another good distinction between the two. Um, the, the parachute strategy in order to figure it out would rely on ignoring your personal feelings and thinking more strategically about like, okay, because that's, that's what makes it so hard to, mm-hmm. to figure out is that like, Claire is like, Tiffany loves me. I love Tiffany. We're best friends in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we're working together. Obviously she's more loyal to me than anybody else. Uh, and Tiffany feels that way. Yeah. She likes Claire probably more than uh, most people, at least, uh, mm-hmm. in the house. And if she had her way, would never have evicted Claire. But there was a more strategic uh, like layer above that that... that uh, that you would never be able to see if you stopped at that, that first layer. Um, Whereas uh, the onion Alliance tends to be based more on personal relationships, like, uh, and ignoring the personal relationships is what gets you in trouble. Um, Cody and Derek are super tight, Mm -hmm. 
but it's fine because I'm in the alliance with Derek and I'm with Derek. Yeah. Like, no, 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 they're super tight for a reason. Uh, and that's that's how Derek succeeded. That's how Cody succeeded. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, well, Cody will choose me over Enzo, even though they've been best friends all season long. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, no, you have to you have to look at those things. So it's it's almost like uh, two sides of uh, the same coin um, yeah. where it's like the parachute stuff is ignoring personal relationships, having an overarching strategy, and uh -huh. the onion stuff tends to be more uh, relationship focused, uh, ignoring yeah. the uh, you know fake strategy structure in front of you and focusing on personal relationships. Mm -hmm. It's the comparison you made or the example you gave with Tiffany and Claire. It's funny because while watching, and I also saw a lot of the fans feel like this is just this time is that this will ever happen, but. Uh, when I'm thinking about it, that applies to multiple parachutes because even Adam, Adam mm -hmm. might have chosen, what's that girl named Sam? Sam. He might, it applied in every single parachute scenario because Lane mm -hmm. and Brittany, Adam and Sam, it's like, it, it's always still a more strategy based thing, even though it seemed like it was really just the cookout who would ever do this, but that's not even true because Adam was probably not going to get that Sam girl out. Um, and same with Lane. Like, there's speculation that he might have not evicted Brittany. And I feel like it's it's interesting that you brought that up because I didn't even... A lot of people, including myself, just feel like, mm, the cookout is so niche. But even what they did happened to the other pair. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest difference is that Tiffany had to do it herself. Uh, yeah. Right? And, that's, and that makes that's it seem really, way more dramatic. The, <laughs> other, the other players, like, uh, we never really will know if they would have chosen, you know, the team over that person. But yeah. it, we never had to because it was taken out of their hands. Whereas uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany had to take the knife yeah. and slide it right in. Yeah. Damn, that's so sucky to think about. But uh, <laughs> but uh, she did it. Shoot. But um, yes. Taryn, I think we we like looped around again, but I think I think that's that's enough for 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 today at least. Awesome. Um, um, where can people find you? You know, uh, the best place to find me is on Twitch, Twitch.tv/TarynArmstrong. Yeah. Um, if you want to, you know, hang out, watch some games or shows, or just uh, ask me some questions, uh, you can find me over there. Yes, sir. His Twitch is nice. Go check it out, y'all. I've seen it. Um, also, follow us at T Reality Kingdom everywhere. Make sure you guys subscribe or whatever. And we're out. Yeah. <laughs>